0: This is Ken White. And this is Josh Barrow. And this is serious trouble. Ken, has there been some serious trouble this week? I would say there's been some really serious trouble. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, real serious. Certainly
1: judging by watching Fox News or Twitter or anything like that, uh, there appears to be some sort of catastrophe uh, going on?
0: Well, I mean, we we can talk later about whether it's a catastrophe, but certainly something remarkable has happened. Uh, Former President Trump's home, one of his homes, Mar-a-Lago, his fabulous estate in Palm Beach, Florida, uh, was raided by FBI agents. Uh, And we know about this because Donald Trump announced it on the internet uh, and said uh, his beautiful home, Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, is currently under siege, he said this as of Monday evening, raided and occupied by a large group of FBI agents Nothing like this has ever happened to a president of the United States before. He adds, they even broke into my safe. So, Ken, I guess, first of all, what do we know about uh, who would have had to authorize a raid like this? How do you get to a point where a former president of the United States has his fabulous oceanfront estate rated by FBI agents?
1: Well, so they had a search warrant, a federal search warrant. That would have, practically speaking, meant by necessity that they presented the warrant application to a United States magistrate judge in Florida, in the Southern District of Florida. Now, remember that district court judges are judges appointed by the president, confirmed by the Senate, served for life. Magistrate judges are professionals who are appointed for a term of years by the federal judges of that district. They're the ones who normally handle day-to-day, some would say drudgery, like reviewing search warrant applications. So a magistrate judge had to look at this application and decide this shows that there are probable cause to believe that there is currently evidence – of a federal crime, a specified federal crime, specified evidence at this location, Mar-a-Lago. Practically, Josh, in addition, This would have been approved at the very highest levels of the Justice Department. Nobody, whatever the rules say, would take the risk of going forward with this without running it all the way up the chain. So you can be sure that the director of the FBI, Chris Wray, and the attorney general himself, Merrick Garland, uh, knew about it and approved it in advance. I would be very surprised if both didn't read the warrant application in advance.
0: And so what you described there about the the legal requirements in order to obtain that warrant, that's a floor rather than a ceiling. I think one thing you're alluding to here, when you talk about Chris Ray and Merrick Garland uh, that, and the involvement they would have had in the decision making over this, is that you wouldn't do it just because there is some particular federal crime on the statute books that you are able to meet that standard and prove. Uh, there would have to be because of the immense political implications. We've talked extensively on this show about the tremendous amount of resources and distraction that would be involved at the Justice Department uh, were you to seek to prosecute a former president. They would be looking for something where they would feel that. They could defend, as as a political matter, the choice to do this raid that former President Trump correctly describes as being unprecedented. So does that give you any indication about what sort of issue we might be talking about here that they would be looking into? Absolutely. I think it
1: tells us a significant amount. Josh, we've talked for a while on this show about whether or not former President Trump gets prosecuted for some of the things he's been accused of appears to be primarily a matter of political will of the Justice Department and not whether or not there's sufficient evidence. You know, I've said I believe that the things that have come out in the January 6 hearings and other things suggest a level of evidence that would get someone else uh, investigated and possibly charged. And whether or not Trump gets charged is largely a matter of do they want the catastrophic impact on the operation of the government that that would involve. Exercising a search warrant at Trump's uh, you know, vulgar um, Ramada in by the sea is really almost as disruptive as charging him for, as you can see from the conservative reaction, functionally, it is taking on almost as much of the fight as charging him would be without yet, you know, the possible consequences of him going to jail. So that suggests they've gotten over the hump of political will and they're ready to move forward in a big way. And because of that, You have to conclude that there's something there big enough for them to go after. In other words, if they, the New York Times is reporting that their sources say that this search was about Trump's removal of documents, including classified documents from the White House when he departed, and not about the January 6th stuff. Now, if that's true, then. It would be unusual because that's not the sort of thing they normally would go all in like this about. And if the Department of Justice is going to uh, you know go at the king, as you say, they're not going to do it over something minor. That doesn't make sense. They have enough to do it over something major, like January 6th. So if they're going after this, that suggests there's something more than merely walking off with a few documents that technically
0: should have been archived. But so I'm, I'm trying to think about what exactly that could be. Because as you describe here, we've talked about the possibility that the former president could be charged.
1: You've been listening to a free preview of this week's episode of Serious Trouble. If you'd like to hear the rest where Josh and I talk about the implications of the FBI's search of Mar-a-Lago and talk about Alex Jones's rough week in court, the punitive damages against him and the unfortunate release of his cell phone records, if you'd like to hear more about our views, about what all this means, then you can subscribe at serioustrouble.show and listen to how I try to get Josh's mom on my side (laughs) (laughs) in light of this ongoing bullying I'm experiencing.
0: There's another 40 minutes of this episode that's just for paying subscribers. Uh, And let me remind you, you can go to SeriousTrouble.show to sign up and become a paying subscriber. That costs $6 a month or $6 a year. And if you do that, you'll be directly supporting Serious Trouble. You'll be making it possible for us to make this podcast for you, and you'll get every single episode that we make in a private podcast feed just for you. You'll also get the full version of every episode like this one. You'll be able to join our discussion threads on every episode. So again, go to SeriousTrouble.show, and you'll be a few clicks away from hearing the rest of this conversation. Conversation with Ken. And it's a really informative conversation. We talk a lot more about the Mar-a-Lago raid and what it would mean if this was really just about documents in like a Sandy Berger, David Petraeus kind of way. Uh, we talked about when we might know more about this raid. You have, especially Republicans, clamoring now that the uh, FBI ought to say something about why they did this raid, because, you know, that that worked really so well uh, for James Comey back in 2016 when he kept offering editorial commentary about what the FBI was up to. But, you know, I understand people want know? I want to know. I I, I sure as hell would like to know uh, what they were looking for and what they found. And so Ken and I talked about what the fact that this search happened tells us about the stage of the investigation. Uh, If they're working toward an indictment, uh, when might we know, uh, when when we see that indictment or when might we learn that there there won't be an indictment after all? Uh, How far are we along in this uh, investigation situation? Like Ken said, we also talked about Alex Jones and how even though the jury in theory awarded a really substantial damage award to the plaintiffs, uh, it's a frustrating situation if you really wanted Alex Jones to pay because of the rules in Texas, and and by the way, also in Connecticut, where there's going to be another trial, that limit the amount of punitive damages that can actually be given even if a jury says sky's the limit and tries to award $45 million. Well, that's true, and that's reflective of
1: the entire system in general, that the very rich and the very powerful can generally manipulate it and operate it through it with relative impunity. Uh, We're just a ray of sunshine this episode, Josh. Yeah,
0: yeah, shit. We also answer listeners' questions, including one that made Ken give this extremely reassuring answer.
1: Well, Tim, Josh, I know you want me to tell you it's all going to be okay,
0: but I can't tell you that. (laughs) But it wasn't all doom in the mailbag this week. A show VIP wrote in, too. Well, on on that note about sexting and Roger Stone, I, th- I think we can leave it there for this week, Ken, unless, unless you have anything else to cover.
1: Actually, I have a listener uh, email I'd like to review, Josh, if that's okay.
0: Oh, really? Who's that from? This is from your mom, uh, in <laughs> fact. It's really not a depressing episode. I, I promise you'll find it interesting, entertaining, informative. So subscribe now. Go to SeriousTrouble.show, sign up, listen to the episode. We really appreciate your support.